Pharmaceutical Technology presents the Drug Solutions Podcast, where the editors will chat with industry experts from across the pharmaceutical and biopharmaceutical supply chain. Join us as experts share insights into your biggest questions, from the technologies to the strategies to regulations related to the development and manufacture of drug products. This is the Drug Solutions Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast. Today, we will discuss drug delivery systems, specifically Aptimer's therapeutic targeting and scaling capabilities as compared to ADCs or antibody drug conjugates. I'm Meg Rivers, Senior Editor for Pharmaceutical Technology, Pharmaceutical Technology Europe, and Biopharm International. In this episode, an expert from Aptimer Group reveals the potential of Aptimers in the realm of drug delivery, including its targeting capabilities, scalability, and key differences between Aptimers and antibody drug conjugates. Now, before we get into the episode itself, a big thank you to today's sponsor. This episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast is sponsored by JRS Pharma. JRS Pharma is the leading manufacturer of excipients, offering excipient solutions for the pharmaceutical and nutraceutical industries, which includes high-functionality excipients, binders, disintegrants, lubricants, functional fillers, thickeners, gelling agents, stabilizers, carriers, and coatings. Now let's move to the interview and perhaps before we do a big shout out to David, I had a great time talking with him. We talked about quite a lot of technical stuff in the realm of Aptimers as well as a few, let's say curveball questions, <laughs> specifically my own personal curiosity as to the naming convention of generics, which I'm sure our listeners know more than I do, but I had a good time. Let's turn it over to David. All right, I'm here with David Bunka, Chief Technical Officer of Aptimer Group. Thank you so much for joining me today. Nice to be here. Thank you. To get started, could you tell us about your company's work in drug delivery? Sure, yeah. At Aptimer Group, we develop um, nucleic acid-based affinity ligands called uh, optimers. Now, these optimers essentially are uh, molecules that bind to proteins of interest, so cell surface receptors, for example. And a lot of the time, those receptors can be associated with a, a disease of interest, so let's say cancer. And if you can attach a therapeutic payload, a drug molecule, to that uh, targeting optima, you can then have a system that delivers a drug to a site of action. So everything we do is targeted to getting the drug where it needs to be, stopping them having as many off-target effects. So it's all about uh, increasing drug potency, for example. Got it, got it, got it. So my next question has to do with the, the ligands and Optimer. So mm -hmm. obviously you work with the affinity ligands and I was looking at your website and it talks a bit about how Optimer therapeutic binders can act as, uh, hopefully I'm saying this right, agonists, antagonists, or cell type specific targeting for various delivery of therapeutic agents. So all that to say, can you tell us a bit more about the drug delivery technology and how it works and how it perhaps it differs from what's currently available? So as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, the way it works is by binding to proteins, say, on the surface of a, a cancer cell. And when that protein gets internalized, the um, optima goes with it. And obviously, if we have a, a therapeutic payload, a drug molecule attached to our optima, then that gets delivered along with it. So it's about taking the drug of interest 
specifically to the site you want it. So your tumor, for example. Now, how they're different from other molecules that are out there. Um, a lot of chemotherapeutics, for example, are small molecule agents that are not targeted at all. So when you have chemotherapy, um, you essentially get pumped full of these really nasty chemicals. They get taken all around your body. So the systemic and they have all sorts of effects on the tumor, which is great, but they have all the nasty off-target effects, which is why you know your hair falls out, you feel sick, all of those sort of things. So if you can get around those um, off-target effects by making the drug go exactly where you need it, you have a better drug. Now, there are other targeting um, moieties available. So antibodies have been used in, uh, in the field for quite a while. Um, so you may have heard of antibody drug conjugates. Now, they are fine. They do the job. Um, they target and they deliver a therapeutic, but they are protein-based. So they are quite difficult to manufacture on large scales. So these therapies are often very expensive. And if you need to be on this sort of therapy for a long time, there is the potential that because that targeting moiety, the, the antibody itself, is a protein, over time you have the potential that you could start to raise your own antibodies against your drug. And if that happens, essentially you have to stop using that drug because you're essentially going to start having all sorts of other inflammatory effects. So Aptimus and Optimus are much less immunostimulating. So the potential of those off-target side effects is significantly reduced. Okay, so I do want to clarify something you said about the antibody drug conjugates. You said over time that it could raise your own antibodies and um, against that drug and you'd essentially have to stop taking it. Does it essentially hmm. almost kind of act like an autoimmune disorder sort of a thing where you're like attacking yourself? Almost, yeah. So essentially, you would start to have an immune response to your treatment. So, you know, while, you, while you're having your chemotherapeutics, for example, they might be targeted and going to where they need to be, but they're also kicking your immune response into life. So like, much like when you get a cold, you start to feel groggy, you get a temperature, you can get inflammation. If you start to have that sort of response to your treatment, it can be potentially fatal. So, you know, anything like that is an immediate sign to stop that treatment. And you have to then start looking for something else. With an Optima, it's a nucleic acid. So the, the immune response is much lower, if anything at all. So potentially you can be taking these drugs for a lot longer time. Okay. But then with the Optimers, because you don't have that immune response to them there, that's the, sounds like a big pro for this particular drug delivery technology that there's not that risk. Exactly. Yeah. That risk is significantly reduced. Yeah. So far as you know, are there other risks with this particular drug delivery technology, you know, to be aware of? Uh, that's a very good question. Aptima-based therapeutics have not been around for as long as antibodies have. So, you know, there is still a lot of work to do in characterizing them and making sure that the long-term effects of them are understood. Um, there are a couple of Aptimas that um, are in very late stages of clinical development, and there is um, one Aptima, uh, a molecule called Macugen, that did make it um, into clinical use. And there weren't any significant long-term effects from that therapeutic. So the signs are good, but unfortunately, you can never say never. 
And you had mentioned for antibody drug conjugates that they are hard to manufacture on a large scale. Do you yeah. have the data at this point to know if optimers would also be hard to manufacture on a large scale? From a therapeutic point of view, optimers are actually uh, created synthetically. So I always describe them being built almost like molecular Lego. You can build them up one brick at a time um, through a well-defined chemical process. And that process of oligonucleotide synthesis has been around for um, decades now. So it's a well-understood process. And because it's essentially chemistry, there are, I would say, off-shelf synthesizers that you can buy to do it on a small scale. And there are companies out there that make oligonucleotides on very, very large scales. So siRNAs and antisense oligonucleotide therapeutics, you know, they are starting to come to the forefront of technologies and the processes required to manufacture them are well understood and well refined. And being able to create an Optima using that same process, that same methodology, essentially means we've overcome a lot of those hurdles. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And I want to make sure I'm understanding. You had mentioned um, Macugen being used clinically. I don't know if that one was FDA approved or approved in other markets. Are there currently optimers like on the market available for patients to take? So Macugen was um, FDA approved. Um, I think that was back in 2004 that was uh, released. Um, it has subsequently been um, surpassed. So there's uh, another therapeutic uh, used for that condition now. Let's talk about targeting specific areas in the body, which I know we did cover a bit earlier, but in general, how can that be addressed with drug delivery technologies or the Optimer technology specifically? Let's say you're talking about, you want to target, let's say a cardiac condition. So there are a couple of ways that you can do that. The obvious and most gruesome is to inject the therapeutic directly where you need it to be. So in that case, you might inject it into the heart. Well, that's obviously going to be risky. If you have a lung condition, the best way of getting your drug to where it needs to be is to have it inhaled. That's fine, but you have issues sometimes then of getting it deep enough into the tissue and to the specific site that you need it to be. So this is where delivery systems come in to help enhance that. So you, know, you might inject a drug, but how do you get it to go exactly where you need it to be? to the specific cell type that you need it to get to, to the specific site of action. That's where the delivery system comes in. So you inject the therapeutic, it gets to the right environment, to the right area, but then the delivery system makes sure that it goes right to the cell that it needs to, and hopefully gets taken up by that cell. And then you can start to have an effect on that tumor, for example, right at the cellular level. Is there any technology or proof, or, or perhaps this is all experimentation for each drug to see what works, as to your delivery system, which is something like the Optimer, and mm -hmm. your therapeutic formulation, as well as the method of administering the drug? I, like, I always think of like injectables, or like you said, like the inhaler. How do you know which combination is most ideal? <laughs> that is a very good question. Um, a lot of that will come out in um, the clinical development. So uh, when you get to clinical preclinical trial, you will then address a lot of those questions. But some of it can be kind of common sense. So, you know, if, if you've got a treatment for a lung disease, then you're probably going to want to look at something that's inhaled if it's for 
gastrointestinal, you'll probably want to uh, look at something that's ingested. One of the most common um, for systemic administration is obviously intravenous because your blood goes everywhere. So, you know, a lot of uh, therapeutics look at intravenous administration. The body carries it around in the, in the blood. And then as the blood gets into the various tissues, the drug of interest can permeate out of the blood vessels into that tissue of interest. And again, that's where the delivery system, the Optima, then takes over and says, right, well, the blood has taken me to the kidney. Now I'm going to get through into the tissue and to the exact site of action, to the cells of interest. Found the word that I was failing to uh, to say, uh, the administration methods. <laughs> Thank you. I was sitting here like, oh my gosh, what is it called? Okay, <laughs> so let's talk about scaling manufacturing. We talked a little bit about this earlier too, so sorry for jumping, but for scaling manufacturing, how can that be best tackled for drug delivery technologies? Yeah, that's a good question. It, it really does depend on the technology. So um, with antibodies and antibody-like technologies, for the most part, they are created through large-scale cell culture. So you get these huge bioreactors growing lots and lots of cells that produce these um, antibodies and essentially secrete them into the media, and they can then be purified out. That's a very laborious process, and you have to be so careful with that process um, to make sure that the cells are treated right so that you don't get batch-to-batch -batch variability. Now, with Optimas, them being a chemical entity, they are, as I mentioned, easier to make through this molecular process, um, this molecular Lego, as it will, through well-defined chemical processes. So to scale that up is a lot more reliable because you can just you know, instead of making them on a small column in a small scale synthesizer, you just use a much bigger column, pump more reagents in, but the chemistry is the same. So it's much more reliable. It's just knowing how to scale those processes. Are there certain disease states that would benefit from something like an antibody drug conjugate as compared to an optimer? Or is the hope that either one could treat perhaps the same thing such as cancer or maybe like mm. heart disease or like whatever else? That's a good question. Um, I'm sure the, the answer is always going to be there will be some treatments that benefit from an antibody-based approach. There'll be some that benefit from an Optima-based approach. And I think from a drug point of view, it's always going to come down to what performs best. So you know, if we develop a new treatment for a cardiac condition that there may already be an antibody against, the question is then, well, which one actually um, works better? Which one is easier for the patient to take? Which one has less side effects? So there may be situations where you are comparing the two and it's going to come down to what works best for the patient. Let's talk about long-term safety. What does that look like for drug delivery technologies, especially those like Optima that target specific areas in the body? Long-term, the, the goal is always going to be to have something that is safe, that if you need to take it for six months at a time, or a year, two years, five years, whatever, you want that drug to have as few off-target effects as possible. So it just does what you want it to be. So the more specific you can make that molecule, the better, the fewer off-target effects you're going to have. Now, those off-target effects can come around by 
a couple of different mechanisms. We talked about previously um, generating an immune response to your therapy. That's one route. And if you can minimize that, great. You have a safer drug. You're not going to have an immune response to it. But you've also got the fact that a drug can hang around in your body. So once you've administered it, it gets around your body. It's doing its job. But if that drug sits in your body for six months, a year, you increase the potential that you can have off-target effects. So that drug might start to accumulate in a tissue that you really don't want it to be in. And that can lead to all sorts of detrimental effects from that drug. So there is a school of thought now that what you might actually benefit from is a drug that gets into your body, gets around the body very, very quickly. Anything that gets to the site of action is great. Anything that doesn't get to that site of action gets cleared out of the body and excreted very, very quickly. So it's almost like a, a hit and run approach. You administer it, it goes around the body, it gets to your tumor, and anything that doesn't get to your tumor is cleared out. So you can then minimize these off-target effects and give a much safer long-term profile. This could be very obvious to our listeners and to you and to every, you know, you know, very technical folks. But are is optimers are they water soluble, fat soluble? Like how do they how do they exit the body? Uh, they are they're water soluble. Um, so they're actually very soluble little molecules. So yeah, they'll float around in the body in um, blood in urine, absolutely no problem at all. So let's talk about just generally speaking, what are some of the greatest advancements in drug delivery to date? And that could be anything. It could be the, gosh, what did we call it before? The delivery system, the mm. administration, um, therapeutic formulation, and so forth. Yeah, um, well, I think the, the development of um, antibody drug conjugates has been an absolute milestone. You know, it's, it's been a great achievement because it's allowed us to take drugs that, um, have usually been uh, seen as systemic and target them to a specific area. So there are actually, um, I think it's 14 um, antibody drug conjugates have now been approved by the FDA for treatment of all sorts of different conditions. And I think there, there's hundreds of others in various stages of development. So I, I think the, the advent as it were of antibody drug conjugates has been a real milestone. But there are other delivery systems that have been uh, developed. So one that um, your um, readers and listeners might be aware of is, for example, Galnac, um, which is a, a small molecule that's been used to target a specific receptor in, uh, in the liver. And again, that's absolutely great. There are lo there's loads of potential for treatment using that delivery system if you want to target hepatic cells. If you want to target something else, other tissues, you need other delivery systems. And this is where um, other moieties like Optimus have started to come in. We've recognized that this is a real need. We've seen that there's a, an opportunity and the benefits of antibody drug conjugates. So now we're looking to say, well, hey, we can do that too. We can look at other tissues, other target types, and let's develop some Optimus to target the areas that, as they say, antibodies can't reach. I feel like everyone except me probably put two and two together, but Optimer, Optimer, your company name and Optimer, what you work with. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Next up, how does personalized medicine fit into drug delivery? If at all, any trends or predictions? 
Yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, everybody's goal is to develop personalized medicine. If you can say, right, you have got this very specific type of cancer, it is expressing this very specific protein on the surface. So that is the treatment for you. That is everybody's goal. So a, a good example of that is um, an antibody that's been generated against a breast cancer marker known as HER2. So that antibody-based um, therapy, trastuzumab, has actually been around for quite a while now, and it's very, very successful. But it relies on that particular breast cancer expressing HER2. And if you don't have HER2 or you have very low levels of HER2, that drug is not particularly going to work for you. So it's all about identifying markers that patient A has that maybe patient B doesn't, so you can tailor that therapeutic to them. Now, obviously, all of those, everybody is different. So everybody has slightly different markers that you know, their cancer might express or their liver disease might express. So it's all about generating as many of these um, targeting moieties as possible to give us the toolkit to essentially say, right, okay, well, you didn't respond to this therapeutic, but we've got this one available or this one or this one and having a panel available. So we can say, right, you didn't respond to that, but let's try this one. That needs a toolkit. And the only way to do that is to get as many of these targeting moieties as possible. You named a few uh, treatments in there, and this is entirely unrelated and my own personal curiosity. Why are drugs named in the way that they are? Because I feel like, like, is it a molecule? I can never pronounce them. I look at it and just like, you know, kind of like alphabet soup. Why are they named that way? It's a very good question. So usually the last little bit of the name gives a hint as to what that drug molecule actually is. So um, in the case of trastuzumab, for example, the MAB bit at the end of it gives you a hint that it's antibody related. And there's similar naming conventions. So there's sort of hints in the name as to what the drug actually is. Um, but then the rest of it can be sort of just general. So, you know, you've got to give it a name for some reason. So there's, there's always going to be a generic part. And then there's usually a hint in the name as to what that molecule actually is. I've always been curious, like a lot of the brand name drugs will have like mm. a shorter name and then you see that generic and you're like, I don't know what that is. I could like, again, there's no chance of me pronouncing that. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, like you say, um, a lot of companies, then they come up with their own generic name so that a patient can say, well, this is my drug. This is what I'm on rather than, you know, a long winded name that's like, I can't remember what that was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. I think this is the last official question that I have for you, but where is there still room for improvement in drug delivery and why? I think with, with any therapeutic, there's always room for improvement. You know, we, we can make the drugs um, more effective. We can make them get to their site of action faster. We can stop them interacting with other molecules. So, you know, only go to the tumor, don't touch anything else at all. All therapies at some point have some sort of off-target effect. All development is about making those drugs better, get them so that they are more effective, less off-target effects, just generally make them better. And we're always going to be doing that. There's always going to be the bigger, better drug. And that's great. It's great for patients. Fantastic. Well, David, thank you so much for joining me today and for allowing me to pick your brain and ask, you know, absurd questions like why are drugs named the way that they are? I really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. You too. Thanks.
Stay tuned for future episodes of the Drug Solutions Podcast with the Pharmaceutical Technology Editors. If you want to stay in touch with the Pharmaceutical Technology team, subscribe to this podcast as well as to our newsletters. When you sign up for our e-newsletters, you will be updated about future episodes of Drug Solutions, receive our magazines, learn about upcoming webinars, and hear about episodes of Drug Digest, which is a video series. Thank you to everyone for joining us for this episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast. We will see you next time.